Strikebox Engineering has received this year's Westmead Enterprise Award and they'll now go on and represent the Leo Westmead at the 22nd National Enterprise Awards at the Mansion House in Dublin on the 2nd of June. Founder and Managing Director John O'Reilly joins me now. John, congratulations on the award and I tell you, to, to start, give our listeners an introduction to Strikebox and what you do. Thanks, uh, Ronan. Yeah, we're a um, stainless steel fabrication company, I suppose, based in, in Lakshiva and Mullingar. We um, we would make kind of bespoke uh, equipment for the pharmaceutical uh, medical device industry, but of late we've got into kind of special, more of a speciality line of equipment. But that's in general, it, it's it's all stainless steel, it's all designed up by yourselves and, and, and fabricated, yeah. And where did the idea come about and how did you go about setting up Strikebox in the first place? Well, look, it's a long enough story. I started the first engineering company back in 1996. Coming back from Australia, I always wanted to start a company. I was mad into fabrication at the time. I decided I wasn't going to be a 70-year-old sitting on a stool, you know, regretting that I didn't do it. So I said about setting up MMF, a mild steel company. Well, we kind of, quite honestly, we carpet bombed the market to see what would stick. We were doing a bit of everything. And at the time, of course, architecture or the building trade was taken up and was starting to boom. And we were doing architecture method work. It took off. Like we grew from like two guys up to 24 in, in, a, in a space of a few years. And, but coming to 2007, like the rates just started falling off very fast. And we weren't getting, we were again having difficulty getting paid. And I could see the writing on the wall. Um, we were lucky enough in 2007 to be approached by a hardware company in Dublin who offered to buy us out. And, of course, I took hand in all. Um, I, I could see the writing on the walls. I mean, you know, back, say, you know, six years previous, we were getting 700 euros a metre. We were down to 300 euros a metre off the customer in 2007. So I took a few years off. I did a bit of consultancy. Um, and then, of course, the, the bug started to bite again, and I, I wanted to get back into it. We, I took our approach that, you know, the pharmaceutical industry was really the one to get into. I mean, it was the one that was, um, it, it paid, you know, that the, we, I knew it could turn out the quality of work that was needed, I, and I knew we'd get paid, and, and that was the problem with the, the building sector, you just getting paid was the problem. Um, so we started uh, Strikebox in 2010, and started off small, and... I suppose the turning point was when my wife joined the company. She she turned out to be a great asset. She took over, set up the the uh, accounts uh, section of it. She got into the payroll. She uh, she she was just coming to me every time and saying, "Right, what's next?" And um, of course, dealing with the pharmaceutical sector, you, you need to have a certification body. So we decided to go for ISO again. She took that on, and a year later we had that. And um, we've got into the. Uh, export market now again she, she's taking care of that she's done all the courses um, but with Strikebox um, I suppose the, the big thing was that we were doing bespoke stuff we were going into companies and uh, as you know yourself Ron, and getting onto this recommended supplier list is a bit arduous and it's not just something that you rock up and you, you know you ring Pfizer and say look we can do this stuff you, you go through a lengthy process and it can take year, months not years um, and even when you get on the list, it's no guarantee you're going to get work. But we start getting on to on, onto these lists of, of pharmaceutical companies, and th- that was working out fine. But it, we were being called in to do one-off jobs, you know. And I, I think for anybody that, that's in business, you, you soon realise that you know doing one-off jobs is is not 
be all and end all. Um, you, you're not building a company to sell. Um, and, and the company at that stage was very key person reliant, namely me. If that happened to me, the company was gone. So I needed probably to sit back and, and look at the company and say, right, what do I do to make sure that it's not so key person dependent? So we decided to look at products for um, the pharmaceutical industry and see could we come up with a suite of products. And we did. We, we, we put our minds uh, to this one product for the biopharma industry. Um, single use is the big thing in, in, in biopharma at the moment. And uh, we, we um, decided to pick a product project. We did. We went for an agile grant first. We got that. Um, and and we've spent the last five years working on that. And with, uh, and the one thing we have in mind here is, is of course, that to have a product that we can produce during quiet times or produce in volume and sell directly into the market. Um, so that, that's the, the long-term goal, and, and that's kind of, I'd say, what one of the competition must need. Yeah, and you're dealing with you know, high-end customers there as well, and no doubt the margins are, you know, they're generally slightly better because the customers are looking for the quality product, they're looking for on-time delivery, and you know, the backup and the service there too. But within Strikebox, you have the, the full suite of services there. You do the design as well, prototyping, as well as the fabrication and the finishing. Yeah, and and that's the like it's funny it's uh, an issue that we we wouldn't have thought about. But when you're talking to like Europe and France, the customers there, the one question that popped up: Are you guys guaranteeing us that you're doing everything? You're not farming this out, you know? And we're there going, well, yeah, we just showed you a presentation and we showed you that we're doing all of this. And and again, it was part of the plan that we we could do all of this and we we had the right guys. I mean, our our, our team at the moment is is you know it's hand picked and they're very good at what they do. We we've got the best in design and the best in fabrication, so we're, we're looking off that way. And your team, I suppose, you know, it will grow. It's grown to about is it eight or ten at this point, and likely to grow further as well. And um, we'll come back to maybe materials in a little while because that's a big a big issue at the present. But the other thing that has long been um a challenge for companies like and it's been going on for maybe 10 years and maybe some of it a fallout from um, the, the the last recession when a lot of people left certain roles particularly in the construction sector but actually going and finding local engineering talent has that presented a challenge for you? Yeah, yeah, of course I mean um, you know I, I, and I, I spoke to you from, from the, an apprentice show today as you know I like years ago we, we would um, we would have young lads coming up to the door and young girls coming to the door during the summer and saying, look, would you have work? And, and I remember at one stage turning people back and saying, look, we've enough, we fight guys or whatever. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, we have to actively go looking for these guys you now at this, this stage. I mean, you're competing with the colleges and you're competing with, you know, and even in Mullingar, I, I remember back in 96 when I started up, I was kind of the only engineering company. Now they've, they've got a choice of three or four engineering companies so we, we actually have to yeah, actively pursue and, and go after them and go to the secondary schools and, and show them what's involved and try and get them interested uh, in the career of whatever that, like usually it's fabrication in our case, the majority of people who are looking for a fabricator. And the skill set though that you know an apprentice fitter or an engineer need now is probably vastly different from what it was five years ago and certainly from 10 years ago now. I'd imagine most of your processes are semi-automated in terms of the cutting and the welding and stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I was only talking about this to someone today. Years ago, you could you could be handed the, the back of a cigarette pack with a drone on it and told to go and make that. And nowadays, you know, we'd send out the, the draftsman and he'd measure up the job in, in solid works. He'd bring it back. 
we draw it up, a complete 3D drawing, you send it to the customer, it all has to get signed off and the revisions and all this put on it. And when that's done then, it, it, it's flat patterned and sent for laser cutting. It comes back in, we fold it, then it goes to, to welding and polishing, obviously. But that's to say, there's still an, a huge amount of, of manual labour involved in it um, because it, it's one-off one off pro- projects. Now, with this kind of the, the, the suite of products we're getting into with the biofarm, it's going to be a little bit more kind of uh, production line stuff, but not totally, but a little bit more that direction, you know. Yeah, and, and getting those kind of higher volume orders as well, as you just said at the start, are kind of crucial to, to building the business and to potentially then growing that export market. But materials are, I mean, they're, they're the topic of every business discussion at the Lately too. I'm sure you're seeing it at year end, the rising costs of, of all materials and in particular steel and, and other associated products too. How do you go about managing that from a company point of view or is the key to something else you mentioned that maybe replacing something now that's multi-use rather than being single-use? Are companies actually looking at, the, at that as a solution and therefore maybe not putting as much focus on the rising material cost? Yeah, the, 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 uh, well, a couple of things there, Ronan. Uh, the, the stainless steel cost, would you believe it, isn't a huge factor. It, the, the price of stainless steel has gone through the roof. I mean, it's more than doubled. However, if you take, say, the likes of mild steel, structural, you know, Guys will give you rules of thumb like that it's, you know, uh, one third the pri- price of the project is, is the material. With stainless steel, we would find that we were doing the job, and I was only looking at a job yesterday, and it was the, the sheet of stainless was 380 euros. Now, the, the job when we're finished with will take up the full sheet, but it's three grand, so it's not a biggest part of it. You know, there's more labour going into it. So, you know, we're, we're turning around to a, a customer usually that can afford this and saying to them, look, it, there is a, a slight increase, but it's not huge and, and it, it gets swallowed up. So it's, it's it's not the biggest problem. Regarding, you know, your, your question about um, single use, that's a kind of a strange one. Um, with the industry we've gone into now, the biopharma, what they've traditionally done is they've been making uh, drugs in, in huge, big stainless steel uh, tanks, 6,000 litres, um, and what's happened in the last 20 years is that that process alone was taking up a huge amount of energy, huge amount of hot water steam to clean the vessels after. You know, the, the, the buffer liquid was put into a tank, it was cultured up, taken off into vials, and then this cleaning process started. Um, hugely expensive on water, hugely expensive on time, and a huge risk of, of contamination. What they're doing now is they're taking a stainless steel tote that we would make, putting a single-use bag into it, and the bag would have been sterilised, they're putting the, the buffer liquid in, culturing it up over two weeks, and then they're just siphoning it off into the vials and throwing out the bag and starting straight away. So um, they're, go- they're gone kind of regressive, really, in some respects, but it's a lot more economical for them to go to, to using plastic. Yeah, and, and ultimately, if it's reducing energy consumption as well, I think, I think that's with all those, you know, all these kind of scenarios, you've got to look at the overall, you know, energy reduction and reduction of a carbon footprint anyway, as, as you look at all sustainability initiatives. But, and quickly, John, you mentioned there, about, you know, you, you got to a point where you decided to kind of take a almost a, a helicopter view of your business and start. You spotted that a lot of stuff was still going through yourself and you've increased the team with that. From the point of view of the ideation and the innovation, is that still driven by yourself or have you a team of people that work with you on it? Yeah, well, look, I, I, I think it's probably a dangerous thing if there's only one person thinking about these things the whole time. But um, I suppose... Look, I, I, it would to a certain extent. A lot of the ideas would come from me, but again, I, I wouldn't. I, I, I 
you know, I'd still run it by the team and say, look, this is what I'm thinking. What are you, th- what are you thinking? What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, great or no, or that's silly or whatever. So I might be the one coming up with ideas, but I, I do still have to sound it off them because there's no point in coming in and just um, handing them. The- Although I, I do come up with some weird and wonderful ideas and hand them to my wife and she has to go on and, and uh, you kind of do all the, the, the donkey work if you like on them. Um, but uh, yeah, I, look, I suppose I do. I, I do still come up with ideas, yeah. And no, no hand them in on the back of a cigarette box either. Uh, briefly, John, before before I let you go, when you talk about an export market, what sort of regions are you looking at targeting in particular? Um, UK, um, France, and America. We have live quotations gone out to all them at the moment, and yeah, we're pretty sure we're going to get some some work out of them at the moment. Um, yeah, that's the, America would be our, our, our main target. I mean, the market is just huge over there. Uh, and yet they don't mind paying, you know. Um, so for for the products that we're producing, so yeah, it's a it's a target market at the moment. It is. It has it has a sector that has remained very robust and indeed very solid throughout even the past couple of years of pandemic as well. So I think the the future hopefully is looking good for you. But anyway, for now, John, thank you so much for coming on this evening and after a busy day up there trying to recruit some apprentices. And congratulations on the County Enterprise Award too, and all the very best going forward. Thanks, Ron. And that's John O'Reilly there, the Managing Director of Strikebox Engineering over in Mullingar. Again, another fantastic Midlands company, really making a name for themselves and with highly ambitious growth plans. And you know what? You just know it, don't you? They're going to do it as well. Congratulations, John, and all his team there on the recent award.